0: Hey everybody and welcome back to the Sacred Resistance Podcast. This is episode number 51 and today we had on Tanya Verquin from the Pixelated Perspective Podcast and it was awesome. We got into German New Medicine.
1: Yeah, this is a rabbit hole that um, I've been diving down deep and I just love it because it's not a rabbit hole that is going to make you depressed or yeah. feel like you have no control. This is one where you literally get to take control of your body and your illnesses or, or diseases. Um, eases yeah. with, uh, I don't want to say with pleasure, but, um, <laughs> but you... With more ease. Yeah, with more ease for sure. And there's always a reason. So... Uh, this yeah. We kind of talk about the history of German New Medicine, um, how it came about, and uh, Tanya was a great guest, and she's got lots of information, yeah. and I love this topic.
0: Oh, me too. German New Medicine is, uh, it's mind-blowing stuff. This is like the greatest rabbit hole ever.
1: I And one of the biggest reasons... Um, for me what kind of blew my mind about it is like even us being super healthy and taking all like taking different approaches to health over the years supplements and products and that sort of thing you can even step back and be like okay no like <coughs> I'm giving my power away to these doctors or to these supplements when uh-huh. really I can take my power back yeah you can take the supplements if your body needs a little extra help but really it's getting down to the root cause and the emotional trauma that uh that ensue has happened in the past i guess
0: yeah and and just like the last podcast we did with our friend rachel it's uh it kind of relates to that too and terrain theory and all these things like i really really love this stuff i really love like taking accountability for your own health and uh going inward and healing
1: i think this is um well i feel like this is my new focus in life and i'm really going to stop paying attention to all the Negative stuff. We're here. Yeah. All right. Both Jamie and I have taken a step back from the negative stuff. It's we know it's there, um, but we don't have control. But what we yeah. do have control is ourselves and our bodies, and, and our health. Yeah, our health yeah. and our family. Completely. So that's what we're really focusing on. And um, people like Tanya are there to uh, help understand this knowledge this new medicine
0: yeah absolutely and check out the pixelated perspective podcast too it's uh, it's really great i i heard her uh jason Christoph was on her podcast and that's yeah. how I, I the first time i heard her and uh she's full of knowledge it's yeah. it's fantastic yeah. So dive down this rabbit hole, German New Medicine.
1: We love it. We and love it. And Tanya, thank you so much for coming on with us and talking and um, meeting you virtually. It was really, really a pleasure. Um, I hope we can do it again another time.
0: Yeah, you're wonderful, Tanya. And we love all of you. If you're listening to this, you are the resistance.
1: The sacred resistance. Hey guys, before we get on to our interview with our podcast guest, I just wanted to interject here a little bit about our clothing line that we have launched. I know we've been talking about this for a long time, but I just wanted to remind you guys that it is up and running. We have anything from men's to women's to clothing for little kids and babies, all sorts of gear to represent sacred resistance and things that say, like, my parents call the shots for little kids t-shirts and whatnot so check us out
0: yeah yeah uh represent put on some put on some swag and represent show the world what you think
1: we'll put the link to it in the show notes so um yeah thanks for thanks for being here with us
0: yeah we love you all all right
1: all right i'm so excited to talk to you tanya yeah German new
0: medicine here we go yeah yeah
1: um uh Tanya is another podcaster she's got a podcast called pixelated perspectives and oh cool yeah yeah I've sent you think- uh, yeah I've
0: heard that okay sorry I didn't I had no idea that that was you okay yeah. right on. I think I heard Jason Christoph on your podcast yeah okay. it was- Cool.
1: exactly that's how it was a light bulb yeah that's how <laughs> that's how I found Tanya is because uh, we had Jason on our podcast as well and he's amazing mm-hmm. um but then when I was like German New Medicine like I've been fascinated with german new medicine but didn't know very much about it but i kept wanting to learn more and i was like this is perfect and you're canadian um
2: and yeah so thank you for being here today oh it's my pleasure yeah thanks for inviting me anytime i get to share a little bit more about german new medicine it's it's always a pleasure because it's just life-changing information
0: yeah i I just started kind of Uh, I was under the impression this whole time that it was the same thing as terrain theory, but I guess it's not, right? It's a a little bit different than that.
2: Yeah, yeah. The basis is, you know, it kind of works on the same basis, but there's, it's the whole scientific um, discoveries of the the brain and the mind and the body. It's a complete map, a framework of uh, how the systems all work together. And it seems like the brain, the body, and the mind, it's all, there's, three separate components but really it's just one unified unit and it's it's incredible there's no exceptions to it it's law it's natural law it's right. what the five biological laws are so yeah it's got a lot of similarities to rain theory but um still everything the that theory is still based just like conventional medicine just like even holistic medicine it's still based on the premise that disease equals malfunction yeah and and that is that's where we're getting it backwards that's where conventional medicine just it's just a misunderstanding it's a misinterpretation so we have to get that that turned around
0: right and that's the thread that when i hear that i go oh wow that's really interesting like like that's probably the the thing that could turn some people off but to me, that just makes sense. It makes sense.
1: And that's exactly how I feel. And I feel like this is the ultimate, um, almost red pill, if you will, because Mm -hmm. even us, like we're super healthy, very healthy with what we eat and consume and, um, put into our bodies, but like even supplements, like let's say, or, or going to a naturopathic doctor, it's like, okay, that's, they're still treating symptoms. They're not, they're Mm -hmm. not, um, it's, like when I've listened to you talk and listen to Dr. Melissa Cell talk, it's like when the body has something like a sore knee or something, like that's actually you're in the healing stage of, mm-hmm. of your your body's just adapting. And to me I'm like, oh wow, whereas like we get to our symptoms normally and then we start suppressing it. Mm-hmm. We start putting yeah putting something on it or taking something for whatever it is that we're taking. But the the I saw this quote the other day, like the reason there isn't a cure for the common cold is because the cold is a cure.
2: Yeah, yeah, you're already healing. Yeah, Yeah, it's so conditioned. Symptoms are conditioned in us to think that something's wrong and we have to suppress it and we have to try to avoid symptoms. And so, you know, the messaging is do these things, eat these certain foods so that you, you won't have to deal with these symptoms, but, but the symptoms are healing. And, and it's all based on our psychological, unexpected emotional traumas in life. And and no one can suppress that because that's what life experience is. So it's just a whole new understanding of, you know, when symptoms arise, it means we were experienced we're experienced some sort of emotional traumatic event. It's called a conflict shock in German in medicine. And you know, we can't avoid conflicts in our life.
1: Mm-hmm. So
2: so yeah, just learning to understand that the symptoms now mean we're healing and um, then we can treat we can still treat symptoms, but we're coming from the premise that there's nothing wrong. The symptoms aren't a malfunction of our system and our organism. Instead, they're just showing us, that we're healing and the symptoms depending on what they are they point exactly to what the conflict theme is so that's why understanding german medicine a little bit is really helpful because it you get to see how you psychologically and emotionally respond it brings you into self like a responsibility like a really big personal responsibility and it gives us back our personal power we're not now looking for external causes. And we're not pointing fingers at like, it was the food or, you know, it was, it was, it could be a toxin. It could be a literal toxin, but in most cases, it's an emotional traumatic event.
0: And you know, like, to, that, you know what, it sounds like it's almost like a weight off, a weight off your shoulders, mm. you know? It you,
2: so is.
0: Yeah. Right. Like we're always worried about everything all the time and, and trying to diagnose this and that. And, and, it's kind of just liberating to just not have to worry about it
2: that's not, exactly what it is
1: yeah and yeah you are your own medicine like you if if that makes sense i know that sounds kind of like weird for a lot of people probably to hear that but you're your own medicine in the sense that like once you get to the disease or whatever the symptoms you're able to then move forward like how would you recommend okay i'm going to backtrack a little bit <laughs> so let's say someone gets sick they or they've got their symptoms um which would mean they're probably in their healing phase like how could they mm-hmm. help themselves move forward like if they've got like the flu or something like that
2: yeah well the first thing is to understand that there's nothing wrong so the symptoms is where were instead of you know going back to that condition way of thinking and that narrative that we need to do something now to get better. To understand that, okay, we've got symptoms. We're obviously healing, and then it's to correlate. Um, what was I just through? Anything? If you want to really get to learn German medicine, and you you would find out what organs are affected by certain conflicts, right? right? Because it's a very it's a map. It's laid out without exceptions. But if for the flu, for example, like if we're dealing with you know diarrhea or vomiting, and and night sweats and stuff like that, then there's always gonna be an indigestible morsel involved, okay? So we can ask ourselves, well, what did I just experience that was hard for me to digest? Was it literally a food? It could be. In nature, this is it's very literal for animals. But for us, we're very subjective and we perceive things all very differently. So it's gonna be a very um, figurative thing. What couldn't I digest? who was I just talking to? Um, Did something go on at work? Was there something in the household that we had an argument, but there will have, there would have been something that you experienced as emotionally traumatic. And it was, it caught you off guard. You know, you, you weren't prepared for it and you felt isolated in the moment. So we always have to go back and ask ourselves, what did we just deal with? And um, if we're having symptoms, that means we're on the other side of that conflict. So we resolved it, we had some sort of relief, like, Oh, okay, this is all right, I'm, I'm good. So we have to start recognizing what we've been through. And, um, and it's just, that's, that's part of the responsibility. That's our work. Now. Yeah. It's, it's understanding, you know, what are we dealing with? What are our, what are our stresses? And, and then once we ask those questions, they really help light up. Oh, okay. Yes, I did have that conversation. And I can't, I couldn't believe I was hearing what I was hearing. Mm -hmm. And so now Mm -hmm. I recognize, yeah, just just pinpointing what, what emotionally was shocking for us. And then, yes, to help with the symptoms, then of course, let's, let's do stuff. Let's, let's help our symptoms, let's have nourishing food for for our body, let's get the sleep we need, because when we're in healing, our bodies are always going to be tired, it's going to always be asking for rest, and we're going to be having an appetite, because it needs fuel to, um, you know, do, do the restoration that it needs to. So there's ways that we can use the therapies and modalities, but from the premise that we're just now supporting our bodies with the healing phase, instead of suppressing those symptoms.
1: Right so my next question to that is like what about like I understand it but people who are listening um who still believe in like contagion theory is mm-hmm. what happens when one person in the family gets sick then everybody else gets sick
2: yeah that's a great question and that question always comes up because it yeah. seems so legitimate right it it seems and just just like the, the whole COVID narrative. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we happens is we experience collective shocks. We yeah. experience, you know, people in the same household are all they're all having the same conversations. They're all kind of um, experiencing the same emotional levels. And so if mom is upset about something and it's very visible and the child sees that it can be an unexpected shock too. that that child is also experiencing watching the mother. And you know, if there's an argument in the household, for example, this is how people experience collective shocks. And I always like to give the example of what happened in my, my daughter's school last year, they both my daughters were in high school last year. And um, it's such a perfect example of how a huge population can experience and all go into having symptoms at the same time. And it makes it seem that COVID, because that was what they were saying, that COVID was rampant and spreading throughout the school. But what had happened was um, it was a Friday afternoon just before the end of the day. And um, the all of a sudden, a whole bunch of emergency vehicles um, swapped the school. You know, everything was locked down. There were police, there were firefighters and, you know, no one could get out of the school. And the, the principal comes on the intercom and says, look, the school is locked down. We've got a situation outside. Everybody has to stay inside. And can you imagine hearing that for all these kids and the teachers, whoever was in the building, they were, they didn't know what was going on. So they all at the same time experienced a, a shared conflict, right? So you can see how that happened, and it was a it was a homicide, a double homicide that had happened not far from the school. By the time everything was kind of cleared and they they gave the go ahead for the school buses to come in and pick up, up the kids, and you know the students could leave and drive away. Well, it was Friday afternoon. I was as I was saying, and they had the weekend then to go home and 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 kind of forget about it, right? They had plans. For the weekend these are teenager kids so over the weekend that was their resolve and come monday when it's time to go back to school no one no one's at school like there was a huge population that that didn't come to school and so you can see how it seems like yes they they did pick up something and and things were passed. it was contagion thing but you can see how sharing the same conflict and then going into resolve at the same time allows people to go have symptoms at the same time. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, that yeah. totally makes sense. I don't so, know how they couldn't have put two and two together.
0: <laughs> yeah, for great. some people that's hard to. So basically, base I guess a basic way to say it is all of our ailments are trauma based.
2: Hmm. Yes. Yeah. Unless there's a mech, unless there's a mechanism for injury or like t- an actual poisoning, right. then you're right. You're right. If there's, if you have a symptom that just shows up like a stiff neck or, you know, whatever, literally anything,
0: like you wouldn't believe all the time. Okay.
2: And, and you didn't injure it.
0: Uh, I, I He's very physical. I, I work out my upper neck and shoulder area a little more than I should, because I'm always lifting things. But yeah, I mean, no, I didn't do anything specific to it. No, it's just crept in.
2: Yeah. So, and that is a, that's the emotional conflict of, and anytime we're dealing with the neck, it's, it's a self devaluation, but of, of an intellectual. So something that made you feel stupid or something that made you feel not good enough. Um, But that's always a theme and there's no exception. So it's something that you would have um, experienced, but your own unique perception, right. Of something. you, You
1: like past traumas too, that we've, that, um, like from childhood that you -hmm. you don't even really remember per se. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, my neck is like, so sore. Like what's going on? Like, is there?
2: Oh, absolutely. Because um, if it, let's say you go your most, your adulthood with no problems. And then all of a sudden the neck pain comes and it it very well could have been something from the past, but there was something in your future or in this time that gave, Uh, allowed your subconscious mind to be reminded of that initial conflict shock as a child and so it becomes like a track or a trigger and that's how chronic conditions happen where you know if if you're experiencing something all the time and it sometimes it goes away and then sometimes it flares up this is because there's a track it reminds the so it's the subconscious doing its job of keeping you safe and saying oh remember the last time you were by this person, or you you heard this song, you had this, you experienced this conflict shock. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a reminder. So it's learning, what are the triggers? Like, I always like to keep a, a, a log, basically. It's like a journal log, but a symptom log. And write down, like, what are those symptoms? What was I doing? Who was I talking to? What food was I eating? Because yeah. those are never the the cause per se, but it's the track. Mm-hmm. And it's the track that's reminding you of the initial conflict. And it's the safety mechanism. It's just your subconscious doing its job.
1: So then, from there, how do you go about healing it? Like I, like I know you could like do massage or something like that. But from a German pneumatic, um, pneumatic—that's not <laughs> German—new medicine point of view, how would somebody with like a, a body ailment, a stiff mm-hmm. stiff neck, go about um, healing that?
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, it would just be making that. E- emotional correlation between okay this it's not my body oh, it malfunctioning that's so simple as that going inward it, it can be it's it literally is going inward this is why i say it it's your personal responsibility now you're you're not going outside of you and you're not looking for answers out there yeah, because it's all it's all here the it started in the psyche which means it has to end in the psyche yeah. right right yeah right. so sometimes it's easy as just making that emotional correlation that this is what happened This is what my initial conflict was. That is enough. That's enough to close out that biological program and put it to bed. Sometimes other people need, you know, they can't remember the conflict, and that's fine. Because what if it happened years ago? What if it was childhood, and we we don't we don't remember, and it's suppressed? Well, then some people need, you know, a little bit of maybe hypnotherapy or maybe some um, energy clearing uh, emotion code you know something but it can be yeah there's so many different modalities then to use but it's all inner now Mm -hmm. it's it's you having to do it and it's just a matter of taking making um journaling helps just asking the questions asking it from different points of view because we're all so unique and we all view things so differently and if it was as a child you were a totally different person as a child you would have like you would have seen that totally different than you would now so you have to get really creative and asking the questions to really get down deep into what that conflict would have been and then again if there are tracks keeping it in place you have to recognize what those tracks are. So that's where keeping that symptom log is really important because there's going to be a common denominator. Once you you have like a week of symptoms written down, you're gonna see common symptom or common indicators, common tracks. Okay, every time I got a stiff neck or a sore back or my, my arthritis flared up, I had, I was talking to this person. Yeah, that person was in every time right there's going to be a common thread
0: mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. this is i i just really love the idea like uh, across the board i love taking complete responsibility for my life and the healing is right up at the top you know yeah. like, this gives yeah. you total power
1: and maybe that's well maybe not maybe um that's probably why this information isn't mainstream and isn't mm-hmm. uh isn't out there because or suppressed even because imagine like we can see this with the whole COVID narrative they've been Mm -hmm. pointing fingers at you gotta wear your mask for so and so you've got to get your shots for so and so rather than being like okay my health is my responsibility they they can't have people um going against each other if we're if we take responsibility
2: absolutely yeah you know there's 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 power in keeping um a population in fear yeah. and you know their corporation their industry would not work if they didn't if if this was mainstream then they would lose everything they'd yeah. lose they lose everything their system would not work and operate as it needs to needs to for them so you you start to understand how how this is suppressed this knowledge when Dr. Hammer discovered these you know over 40 years ago he tried to get this into the universities and he he failed because they were like, heck no, you better yeah. revoke your findings. And he was actually kicked out of Germany. He was stripped of his medical license He wow. because it, it was such a threat to that industry. Yeah. And so, yeah, even though, peop- you know, German medicine is getting so much more well known now and it's he believed, that's why he called it the new medicine, because he he really, truly believed it was going to be mainstream. And, and I, there's no doubt it will be. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's a matter of time now. So Would the systems, like, yeah.
0: Yeah, like placebo, people know that works, but we're still like, it, we could, this kind of has something, a little bit of the power of the mind, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: you've, you've learned, you learned about this over a decade ago, right? yeah. How did you first hear about it? Like, what were you doing that or and then you just kind of dove deep into it. And now you're teaching people about it. Like how How? what was your journey about with Germany medicine?
2: Well, it, it was amazing when I heard this for the first time. I was um, taught by Carolina Marklin, who was a student of Dr. Hammers okay. and of uh, Helmut Pilhar. And um, she she came to Calgary and I heard about this. Uh, this German new medicine. I knew nothing, literally nothing about it. So I went with my sister-in-law and when I heard it, it was like a remembering, like my whole body. That's exactly how I feel about this. Yes. Right. It just so resonated. It was palpable. Like I could feel the resonance within my body. And it was like, even though I was hearing it for the first time, it was like, I knew this existed. I just, it was the answers to everything. Cause as a teenager, well, a young child and a teenager, I always suffered from like stomach issues, really bad stomach issues. And I was even diagnosed with Crohn's disease. And, and it was just, it didn't made no sense to me because I went to so many specialists. I even went to holistic specialists and there was no answers. And are you serious? Like I grew up on a farm and I was always connected to nature and you, it's so obvious for a farmer. To, to know that there's no there's no mistakes in nature. Like there's rhyme and reason in nature. Yeah. And I just knew that we were part of nature. Like I've always known that we had this connection, we're one and the same. So how could there be no such a disconnect with our bodies? How come there was no answers? Yeah. And why were we basing everything on statistics? So I knew that there was a, a problem with the system. And and I just was not accepting any answer I was ever given. And then when I heard about GNM, I had all my answers. It made total sense why I was having the symptoms I was having. And I was just like, then I got really pissed off
1: yes. because
2: because my kids, like, why weren't they learning this in school? Why were our doctors not being taught this? So... It was it was an emotional roller coaster that that first when I first learned it for the first few months, I was like so pumped up. But I was so angry at the same time because, you know, I had been suffering for so long. And so, yeah. And my kids, like I did not want my kids to be having to go through the same shit. So, yeah, it was it was empowering, though, to say the least. And then I really I couldn't the you know, that whole um, framework down after that, it was. I, my kids were um, five and seven when I first learned it, and so they they really don't remember anything but German new medicine. So that's we awesome. it just started within our household, and then kind of escalated out. My friends would come to me and ask about certain ailments, and 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 it that's just kind of how it all started. But um, I didn't really start teaching publicly until COVID started because I was like, you know what? I cannot stay silent anymore. I cannot yeah. know this and and keep my mouth shut just because I'm worried about what other people are going to think right. so that's when I started the podcast and and then opportunities came from there
0: oh good on yeah that, that's, wow, that's so great.
1: amazing yeah. yeah and you have your um uh like membership thing that you're starting very soon too right yeah yeah talk, it just it just that. launched
2: Yeah, it's basically just to carry on the conversation. I just, I feel like it's my, it's my duty. Like that is what I feel in my heart. I need to do. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, what if one person from every household knew German, new medicine, the fear, like, and you don't even have to understand the science behind it. You don't have to know the entire framework, but just understanding that symptoms aren't malfunctions and you don't have to go to go to a doctor and have them tell you what they think is wrong and run all these tests, because you know, if there's a symptom, you're already on the other side of a conflict. So the, the fear, the level of fear that you get, you can eliminate from life. That's, that's incredible. So I just, I want to keep on the conversation. And so we're meeting twice a month and uh, we're, we're going through case studies. I always have a whole list of case studies from my own family and because it's something that we all deal with, like, yeah, we we have conversations around the supper table almost daily of German medicine, because it's always there's always conflicts in life and we're always having symptoms of some sort. And it's neat to it's neat to talk about it and to make the correlation and have those aha moments. And For sure. and it's yeah, it's fun. I feel like this is something
1: like even as a little girl, I was trying to figure out, like, as soon as somebody tells me. Um, why some or was like this person is this way and I was like oh what happened in their childhood that made them that way or yes, like if yes. someone has like a, a stomach issue or yeah. whatever it is I'm always like, okay there's got to be a reason why that happened um yeah. Yeah, it's
0: and, and I've always been like accused of being oh you're such a guy like every time I get some symptom of something I'm just I'll just ride it out it'll go away I'll be fine which it eventually does and then I'm fine it's like go to the doctor go to get it checked out you've got this random pain in your side all the time it's like i'll just ride it out it'll go away mm-hmm. and it always does it always has i don't know if you recommend people just ride out symptoms <laughs> pains but i always have and it always seems to just go away
1: we're also yeah. not ones to go to the doctor like that's yeah
2: that's yeah <laughs> for course. sure yeah yeah, um, yeah us
1: too what about chronic people who are in, have chronic, um, illness? Like, let's say you well, have Crohn's
0: is a good example. Yeah.
1: Crohn's. Uh, mm-hmm. I was thinking like fibromyalgia, which like is a, a newer, mm-hmm. a newer thing. Like mm-hmm. I, I have my own theory on that, but I'd love to hear your perspective on, yeah. on, cro- on fi- fibromyalgia or some, let's say.
2: Yeah. But that's, that involves the entire body. So just, just think of it from a a biological point of view, your entire body, it, it's a self devaluation of your entirety. So because that's when your whole body aches, and there's there's pain everywhere, and there's inflammation and, and, you know, conventional medicine says, there's really no like, they have no explanation for it. Mm-hmm. But that's that is a literal self devaluation of who you think you are. So just imagine what someone would have had to gone, go through on an emotional level on a psychological level to feel that sort of self-devaluation. And uh and it basically it's not it didn't all happen at once. It was it was one self-devaluation because like anytime we're dealing with muscles or or bones or joints stiffness those are all to do with self-devaluations on just different okay. scales of intense wow. of intensity. And so um let's say someone someone's knee you know, it starts at the knee and, and, you know, they didn't injure it, or maybe they even did injure it and they felt bad about because they couldn't do what they used to be able to do. Okay. So right there is a potential self-devaluation. And now, now, because they can't do the things they used to do, and they're now not able to join the running club and be with all their other friends. Now they feel like they're even more self-devalued because they're not part of that pact. And it's like a cycle now. And they just have one conflict overlapping the other. And pretty soon it affects your entire being because you have this point of view that is like, well, I'm just no good. I cannot do the things I used to do. I'm no longer part of that group. Just, just imagine the, self, the self-talk the self that goes on for somebody like this. See. And so, yeah, it's it's quite something.
0: Yeah so you got to really meditate on this and backtrack and 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 just meditate on it and find the origin of the trauma.
2: Yeah and and wow. it doesn't all because it happens over a long period of time fibromyalgia is something as i said that it doesn't just hit you like this it's something mm-hmm. gradual and it took time for you to get those conflicts and experience them so it's going to take time to to resolve one at a time. But again, it's it's making that correlation that your symptoms and yet your condition isn't wrong. It's your body making the biological adaptations just to deal with what you're psychologically dealing with. Right. So just making, just turning that framework around and you start using different language So we all of a sudden, we need to start having a different dialogue with ourselves. We need to start supporting ourselves and making ourselves feel worthy, making ourselves feel totally opposite of we as we have been because of our self-talk. And pretty soon that will start to reverse because, yes, of course, any condition is reversible. And we've just been told it's not, you know, that's the conditioned. That's the conditioning and the narrative.
0: That's crazy. So we can manifest health
2: oh yes it, it's all it's all inward yes yeah. not only manifest
1: sense. it though like i
2: think manifest is
1: like, like wishing for something like, for a lot of people it's just wishing for something and like meditating on that one thing but you you have to do the the back work to get to like do the healing work to have the that, that right that manifest. yeah
0: but i feel like also when you when this clicks, when you go, Oh, uh aha, like, I think I believe the healing starts right there.
2: Yeah, I do, too. Yes, it absolutely does. Because that, that moment is a resolve. That's the instant moment that you are in relief. You resolve something like you've, you've made that connection. And that's, that's all it needs. That's your autonomic nervous system now just switches. And it in goes all those adaptations now and it's a complete reversal to the conflict adaptations so and now and that's when we get our symptoms so it's it happens instantly and we don't need to like we don't need to do anything once we make that correlation have that um Uh internal realization yeah it all starts and it's amazing
0: that's awesome and then and then so in the beginning you said mind body and brain and I was thinking mind and brain but that, they're not the same thing: the mind and the brain.
2: Well, the mind we're, we're thinking on terms of the psyche, so the I, level of the subconscious mind. Yeah, this yeah. is going to say this Yeah, same. and then the brain. Well, there's that. It's very, very much involved because at the level of brain, if you have a CT scan, there is a a lesion that shows up in very specific parts of the brain that are correlated to. Um, very specific organs, and it all depends on how the psyche perceived it. Right? How, yeah. What was the conflict? Was it a self-devaluation? Was it a separation? Was it a a loss conflict? All it, that will de- depend on where that focus hammer focus shows up in the brain on a CT scan, yeah. and then it'll correspond to a very uh, predetermined organ or tissue. So everything is laid out in a map, and I don't have my map up, but um, like this this is like a six by seven foot map of framework of these of these laws and how the map of the brain body is all it's all that's down oh, so I fascinating.
0: that's what I wrote down map as I wanted to ask you it's like an acupuncture map like a super detailed like mind body connection map
2: it's it's all in a column it's in three columns and it's all to do with the embryonic germ layers so there's three embryonic germ layers and that's what it's all based down on. Like it's it's absolutely incredible. There's the, the endoderm, which is the oldest germ layer, then the mesoderm and the ectoderm, and that's the newest germ layer. And those germ layers all have a corresponding part of the brain and corresponding organ, set of organs and tissues so it, it's it's really incredible i always have you guys ever do, are you familiar with dr hammer's story and how he even discovered i was just wanted to bring that up how he how dr oh. hammer found
1: founded german new medicine because i think it it was personal experience it wasn't just yeah. it, that's what that's what kind of uh started it but yeah please explain i yeah I, yeah because you know, yeah, it kind of helps explain
2: Sure. Yeah, it's it was very tragic. But he was um, on vacation and his son at the time was only 17 years old. And he was accidentally shot. And he wounded very, very uh, severely. And a few months later, he ended up dying in Dr. Hammer's arms. And um, at the time in, of Dr. Hammer's life, he was a head internist at a medical clinic. So he was a traditionally trained medical doctor and he was working with cancer patients a few months after the loss of his son he himself um, developed testicular cancer and he immediately made a correlation he was like there's no way this is random he said i i was just through something so traumatic this has to have something to do with this this uh, development of testicular cancer and so he decided to he literally had hundreds of cancer patients and uh, that he was working with. So he, he talked to them, he talked to every single one of them, and just, you know, asked them questions. And it was absolutely um, amazing what he found, without exception, every single patient had, in fact, experienced their own conflict shock, their own emotionally traumatic, something that they couldn't have been prepared for event. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and, and so that wasn't, very very surprising on his in his mind because he he immediately went to that anyway but it didn't explain why like why would he why was it testicular cancer for him and why was the man next to him why did he have lung cancer and why did this lady have breast cancer on her right breast and this one had on the left like he knew that there was another component and at the time the ct scan was a new technology that so he decided you know what we have to bring the brain in here because the brain is obviously this control factor. Yeah. It's it's a huge factor. So no one's looking at the brain. I want to start looking at the brain. And then this is where he found these incredible findings of these lesions. So it's like a, um, a target ring formation that shows up. It's a measurable formation on the brain that impacts in very specific areas. So for everybody, including himself, who had testicular cancer, that ring formation showed up in a very specific area of the cerebellum or sorry, the cerebral medulla. And it was no exception. So every man that had testicular cancer, their lesion was in the exact same area of the brain. And so again, the same with the, the women and same with everybody, everybody who had a lung cancer, their hammer focus, and he named it hammer focus, showed up in a very specific area of the brain stem. And so over time, he he mapped out his findings and then realized that these germ layers were involved as well. And, and so this is how it all, it, it took years. And by 1981, he was ready to present all of these findings in the universities. And he did, he went to a few of them and he had them peer reviewed and they were um, um, kind of formally accepted. And then once the medical system got, um, their hands involved it. That's when he was asked to revoke all of his findings and to, uh, otherwise, he was going to lose his license and everything, which he did. But this is how it all came to be. Is everything was very, very set out and in this this framework and and mapped out. So based on the the embryonic germ layers,
1: I remember Dr. Melissa Sell on one of
2: the podcasts I listened to.
1: She was saying that Dr. Hammer um he presented all this information and normally they have to do something to disprove it and no one could disprove what yeah. he what his findings were so they just basically squashed him because yeah that's what they do with doctors that speak out like look at Dr. Andy Wakefield he's yeah. he 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 came up like the, the correlation with autism and vaccines and, and he lost his license and they ran his name through the mud because of, of what he Mm -hmm. was saying, even though they couldn't disprove him. They just, yeah, he was a a quack. And so I, I, that's, it's so interesting. So Dr. Hammer's no longer here, right? He's, he's
2: passed away. Yes. Yeah. He passed away in 2017 okay oh so, not yeah.
1: that
0: long ago Did he make a the connection then that he developed testicular cancer because of the trauma of his son yeah. dying and his son yes thank you for testicles yeah
2: yeah I didn't get back around to that but yes a that profound awesome. loss, a profound loss anytime a man has a profound loss, it will affect the testicles because think of what the biological purpose of the testicles it's are. are it's to exactly. reproduce right is to reproduce. so if you have a loss, you need to be able to reproduce again because this is nature. Remember, we share these laws with nature, with the animals out there and the plants. So if, if you have a loss, if an animal has a loss, it has to be able to reproduce because that is part of survival. And so it, it's the same with us. Um, it, so that's why it affects the testicles. And the women, it would be uterus and it'd be ovaries. So we have to think in terms of what's the biological functioning of those organs. And it always points to what the theme is going to be.
0: Wow. That is yeah. so fascinating.
2: It just, is fascinating. Yeah. I'm
0: loving this. this like, is, I'm really loving this.
1: This is like my new obsession. I can't.
0: We, I got to get a. We got to get our hands on that map. Yeah,
1: I would love to get one and hang it up. This is our room slash office, but I want that map in here because I, I feel. Mm. Where do Can I get one from the website? From
2: yeah, the- I from learninggermanumedicine.com. I'll send you guys the link where you can get one. I know that she's been out of stock lately, so okay. we'll. But it'll you can contact them and, and um, yeah, they'll get you, get you connected, I'm sure. Okay. But yeah, it's good to have, and oh, I can't reach it, but there's the book that goes with it. It's yeah. If you can get any literature, you can, it's, it's amazing, but I always recommend people go to learninggnm.com and there's a search index there. So I, I always say, you know what, instead of going to WebMD, for your symptoms, because that's just a shit show, (laughs) go to, go to this, this index and search out your symptoms. And then you get the whole explanation from the German new medicine perspective, all on the biological adaptation. So you start to understand like, okay, this is actually, what's the meaning behind it? Because if you don't know, okay, yes, you've, you've been introduced to German new medicine now. So you know that your symptoms are meaningful and they're significant and there's a reason, but You often want to know, well, why, like, what was the conflict? Well, this is what will tell you the conflict. And I, when I first started learning this, I spent hours a day on this website because it's, it was just the perfect place to start learning from, from this index. So.
0: I feel like people who are listening to this right now and going and having an aha moment are like on a micro level, beginning to heal things. Just hearing this right now.
2: You're right. Yeah. So if people start getting symptoms after listening to this episode, don't (laughs) be alarmed. Literally do not be alarmed because like you, Jamie, you made a really good point. Yeah. There, there could be. results happening right here and now because people are making those correlations. So,
0: uh,
2: yeah. Yeah, really it's all meaningful. Cool. It's all significant.
1: Oh, yeah. wow. So one a question about like, what about a baby that's born into the world um, with an issue? What's the mm-hmm. new medicine perspective on that?
2: Well, in the womb, this is, it's everything is is exact same in the womb. So a fetus, a brand new fetus, an embryo literally can experience, it's all energetics. Remember everything is yeah. frequency, right? Exactly. And so that, that fetus can pick up the frequency of what his or her mother is experiencing. And if, if noise is a huge thing, um, and there's like construction and she's living in this construction zone. And, and if this is a, a a problem for her and she's, she's feeling, you know the embryo or the fetus and come out with some issues so yeah it everything can it's very very possible to share a, a dh so, so yeah. You know, just to recap you were saying um a baby
1: in utero can kind of it can pick up like if there's something like loud construction or something going on and the mother's stressed about it then the baby can pick up on on that in your utero and then be born with, with uh some sort of I don't know, ailment or something like that. Yeah, yeah, like stress,
0: like if the mother's just a highly anxious person, then the baby's going to be like elevated heart rate all the time. And mother's like, I got IBS or whatever, because she's anxious like that totally translates to the fetus, right?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, there's there's really no separation there. Yeah,
1: well, this is so like if I can share a personal story about our our little guy um, and I'm just kind of connecting dots now. So our youngest son was born with um, like tons and we were very natural and hippy dippy then. But when I when I found out I was pregnant with 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 our youngest i was going through like a super stressful time i owned my own hair salon at the time and i had a a big conflict with one of the girls that worked there i ended up having to get lawyers involved Mm -hmm. um and i was just like stressed right out about that at that happened my mom's sister got in a terrible car accident and um has tbi like they didn't think she was going to make it and my mom and i are very uh connected and like her feelings, I feel a lot of her feelings. So I had that. And then we um I was trying to sell my salon on top of it. Like there was so it many was things. Dress suit. So stressful, yeah. so stressful. And we didn't, I didn't know when this started, I didn't know I was pregnant. And then I found out shortly after that I was pregnant and that and I had bad morning sickness. So I think the stress was a huge part of my morning sickness for mm-hmm. sure but then when he was born it, everything was healthy like i had midwives um and we did have a hospital birth but uh it was as natural as could be even though in the hospital um and then he he developed eczema e- eczema all over his body like literally head to toe um and we i thought it was because of you so it was because of me because Jamie had was diagnosed through a naturopath with heavy metal toxicity from like you know um Teeth filling
0: childhood vaccinations, all this stuff. I'm just like I've got trace mercury. Yeah all shit.
1: Yeah. So I thought it was because of him. I was like, didn't you take credit for yeah, it? Yeah.
0: But you were, there was the most, <laughs> most stressful pregnancy ever. And then he came out looking like he put him through a cheese grater. He and looked like he game.
1: had all, like alligator skin, yeah. like not, not off the get go, but pretty quickly after. Yeah. And he's always been kind of, oh, maybe this is kind of making me emotional. He's always, he's very attached to me. Like yeah. I, I He doesn't, mm-hmm. we homeschool too. So like, yeah. he's always with me. But like even I
0: cut the cord, but there's still an invisible attachment.
1: There. Yeah, there yeah. definitely is. And he like he even says, he's like, my favorite thing to do is to cuddle with you, mommy. Like that's like he'd be happy if I could just sit on the couch all day <laughs> with him and, Forever. and cuddle him. Like I'm pretty sure he and he comes to our bed every night. And if I try to get out of bed, like I try to get out of bed so gently in the morning and he just wakes up, he he's knows. Yeah. So you're
0: yeah. related not to the stressful pregnancy.
2: Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, it's actually, this is such a beautiful, thanks for sharing. It's it's really beautiful because the eczema that's, that's a separation conflict. So just, he picked up on you wanting to be separate from all the stress. And so come out with, you know, complete body, whole body feelings like he wanted to be separate. He felt that the stress for you, it was all about you know, wanting to be separate from and wanting to be away from all the stress, right? And so that's, that explains his eczema coming out. And then his connection with you that he wants to be with you all the time because of that, that experience. He, he felt so much of your experience as you were pregnant. And while he was in your womb about just the level of stress that you were having to go through. And and that connected with him on on a psychological, subconscious level of of always wanting to be with you, be close to you. And and yeah, that that separation, that happened, that's so common. I my youngest is like that too, where she she gets separation anxiety when she when we're not together. It used to be a lot, lot worse when she was younger. She's growing up out of it. But this is a very common thing to have when, when a child in the womb experiences something, shared conflict as the mother, they often will experience a very strong, sep- strong connection to one another, yeah. and the child will often have that a little bit of uh, anxiety around separation because they share such a a big conflict. Right. I wonder how you could. Um...
0: From a German new perspective, how do you deal with that? Yeah. Like
2: how you- well, it's, it's, all, it's all about understanding that if he wants to be close to you, let him be. And he, okay, perfect. Yes. As I was saying, um, if he wants to be, understanding that he needs that, he psychologically needs to be close to you and feeling that right now. So let him, give him every opportunity to be that and and don't make him ever feel bad about it and he will naturally grow out of that as he becomes a young adult you know just like my daughter it was it was very very strong she always needed to be around me and um as she's getting to be a teenager now she's she's growing out of that strong need
0: right but if you try and force him out of it that could create some trauma
2: Absolutely. This is when, then, you know, eczema might return. This is, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, if he doesn't want to go to, like, I know this might not be your situation, but, um, you know, a lot of times we're sending our kids to a day home or to yeah, school and, and it's they don't want to be separate from you. Yeah. So this is when their symptoms start showing up and they're like, oh yeah, no, he got that from school. It's going around. Well, Dang. no, no, it's not. It's, he's, he literally didn't need to be, he didn't want to be separate from you so it's just recognizing that and then making that correlation and and then every opportunity he has let him be with you like right. this is this is just it's we don't do tough love in german in medicine anymore because because we understand the conflicts right right, right? we we can't do that anymore we just have to be more understanding and and start start um dealing with things in a totally different level as we're used no
0: kidding. to wow we're gonna have to deal with everything in a totally.
2: <clears throat> it just makes sense it
1: totally makes sense and that that actually reminded me of another thing i heard about german new medicine is it and where the term came from like um about how the germanic people were more of like a village like there was there was, it, it takes a village, they were more connected to nature, but there was mm-hmm. like, a, like a a community of people that were like living life a little bit different than the rest of, of everybody else. Is that, is that correct?
2: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. When you are in a close-knit community, you have support and you feel support and people have each other's backs and and there's no blaming. And if one person has a problem, like a neighbor, everybody's there to help. And so you feel supported you the conflict levels are just different right now in you know society at least in our modern society here in north america it's totally opposite you feel alone so much and i know like we have wonderful community here we live in a a small hamlet and our neighbors would do anything for us and likewise but Mm -hmm. you know when we lived in a town in hinton it was totally different like we didn't know our neighbors and and if we had a problem we it it was just like we were on our own it felt isolating and right. it was just a completely different experience so you're you're right that's such a great point you bring up yeah, cool. yeah. fascinating i love
1: this this is i i want to like just learn as much as i can because um
0: yeah. I think this is my new rabbit hole.
1: Yeah. This is, and <laughs> yeah. what, a good, what a good one to go down though. Yeah. Like it's, totally. it's healthy. It's, um, it's not like one that's going to overconsume you. Like a lot of the other rabbit holes, yeah. like get depressing.
0: This
2: well, is like the liberating. Totally it's liberating. Porn. Yeah, it's you're porn. right.
0: It's a good word for it. Yeah. And yes. I have myself from all the other rabbit holes that are just like fear porn and, and doom and gloom, but this is a liberating rabbit hole that can, it, it's exciting me
2: is very exciting. Yeah. It gives you a sense of power, right? Like, wow, I'm powerful and it's all on me. And, and, and it's if all, I, be, yeah, yeah.
0: Right. It's, it's all going to be
1: okay.
2: <laughs> it's all going to be okay. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. What
1: about this? Just reminding me of another question. I thought, um, mental health and like addictions and stuff like mm-hmm. that. There's a whole nother German new medicine that talks about mental health and addictions too, right? Yes.
2: Well, it's all, it's all the same. So whether we're dealing with physical ailments or mental ailments, it's, it's all the same. It's all based on. And so when we're dealing with so-called mental illness, like let's say anxiety or depression, well, it just means that you're, you're conflict active with more than one or more than two, um, conflict active phases. So with, oh. with, you've got more programs running, but they're a very specific set of programs. Like, um, you know, um, for example, my sister has severe, um, car, like when she's riding in a car, she'll get car sick.
1: Mm. And,
2: and everybody used to think, oh my God, like it's you. all in your head. Like you, You just want to sit in the front and just (laughs) like, just suck it up. Just deal with it. Like you're going to be fine. And she would get so anxious and she would start crying and like go into hysterics. And every, everybody used to think before we knew German and medicine that she was, it was just all an act, but, but she had experienced several conflicts of car accidents and where both of those instances actually more than two, All of those instances, she was sitting in the back seat in the car when she had these accidents. And so it was the the multitude of these conflicts kind of compounding to create this psychological response in her. And now she cannot help but go into hysterics in the vehicle. And it's it's not made up. This is this is a very real thing that's going on. Sure. Her psyche is putting her back into this conflict active phase because it's a it's track. A protector. Yeah. It's a protective mechanism. Remember last time you were in here, so you've got to get out of the back and you get into the front or you just do not get into the car at all. So it's understanding that the we are, our personalities are the way we are based on our biological conflicts. So Dr. Hammer, I always love this quote that he used. He said our biological... Um, no, he said our personalities, it's, I'm not, this isn't a direct quote, but he says something like our personalities are the direct sum of our biological conflicts, because yes, if we experience a certain type of conflicts that we're conflict active at the same time, we are going to have a different personality than other people. Like will this, this one person will be kind of ADHD or, or um, let's see, like when you need something a certain way, what's that called? like uh, perfectionism and or, or like um
0: perfectionist
2: yeah perfectionist and i can't remember the acronym used for okay. it but yeah they're they're a certain way because of their past conflicts or and, ocd and ocd yeah that's that type of thing and someone who has like is a manic depressant well they're going to be that way because of their past conflicts and and the the combination of conflicts that they experience so it's all to do with our psychological um subjective perceptions of our conflicts yeah
0: yeah. so
2: yeah so- you can really go down the rabbit hole um that part psychosis is so so um intriguing for me and it's it's very fun to to yeah. start learning about and is someone who's really good at teaching that is um andy lock she's a german new medicine consultant from the states and she's she kind of she knows it all but she really emphasizes with the psychosis and um it's just amazing what's her name sorry cut out andy Lock-Miers. Andy, Lock-Miers. andy Lock-Miers. okay i'll have to look that
0: up i wonder how you would resolve that backseat car crash trauma by just giving her the front seat for the rest of her life
2: Yeah, she can definitely. So that's what we do with her. And also just to help her make that correlation. Like it wasn't, it's not you being in the back seat. That's the problem. That's the track. So if you can understand that the reason why it's the track is because of those car accidents, then you start to understand why you become, um, you know, why you become so fretful and anxious in the back, but she, you know, she's, um, we've explained that to her, but it's just not enough. So now we just give her the front and we just let it be like, it's not a big deal. We don't make it an issue because then she doesn't have, you know, a self-devaluation on top of that, or, you know, who, el- who who knows how else she might experience people giving her a hard time about it. So we always have to come very, we have to approach people where they're at very um compassionately and understanding they're the way they are because of past conflicts and, uh, to really just tread lightly, like how can I support them instead of making them feel like they're somehow not adequate? Yeah. Yeah, and I think.
1: Um, oh, I just lost my train of thought now. Jeez. Um, okay, never mind. Sorry. Well, I, no, I,
0: that's okay. I have kind of a question. These symptoms that arise um, if we. So if we keep if we keep poking them without realizing. So, like, say a tumor starts growing inside you, and you don't, you don't, haven't come to the point of knowing of German New Medicine yet, um, and and someone keeps, like, not giving you the back seat, is that tumor just going to keep growing and growing and growing, or will riding, like, do you have to address the trauma to start to heal, or is it, like, like I know we said, just let it be, and it'll go away kind of thing.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, are you specifically asking, like, towards like the backseat example because it it wouldn't necessarily be a tumor it's it's just
0: okay or or her worry towards that her anxiety every time could develop a tumor say
2: uh yeah yeah it could but it's it's been so long for her that it's it's not a big deal everybody just gives her the front seat so yeah she's she's not having to constantly deal with oh my god i gotta sit in the but, yeah, I can see how what you're asking is if someone didn't, you know, if someone didn't always get the front seat and didn't yeah. live with a family who understood her condition. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, if the, the the body will respond as it needs to for as long as it needs to and, uh, and make those biological and physiological adaptations. And there is a point where, yeah. It it can only handle so much,
0: right? Like the straw broke the camel's back.
2: Yeah, like you you literally we we are in a physical body, and yeah, it it does have its its maximums, and and so if it comes to a point where you know a tumor starts obstructing like the your ability to breathe, like let's say it's in the lung, well then yeah, we we need to definitely we need some medical intervention at that point, but but it's all was coming from the the standpoint that you understand what's going on. Like if there is a tumor that needs to have medical intervention, you understand what's going on and, and why it's even there in the first place.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, understanding of why it's even there in the first place, I feel like we'll start to shrink it for lack of a better, you know.
2: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Going it, into
0: cutting these things out, I think is is, you know, probably not the right move.
2: Well, oftentimes when you have a tumor, you're in conflict active phase, but you don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. Um, like for oh, example, okay. yeah, for okay, example, with yeah, like for the lungs, lung alveoli, yeah. you you know you, there's going to be cell proliferation, and that just the whole biological purpose of that proliferated cell and that tumor growth is to give to allow you to absorb more oxygen because your lungs are meant for you to breathe right to have more oxygen to make you quicker to make you be able to survive the situation and so it's going to build up a tumor but that's a very purposeful so if you were just at a routine checkup and you get a you know oh my god you've got a lung tumor then well first of all there's another conflict right there a diagnosis conflict which can start a whole nother program But then, yeah, you remove the, the, these this tumor that is actually serving a purpose. And yeah, you can see how it, it definitely causes some issues. So Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, just, just understanding the body and, and the biological processes is what takes away the fear. Like it literally does it, it, at least if it doesn't take it all away, it's less fear and, and having less fear is helpful in any case, right? Because there are, Our nervous system can we can keep up with what we're dealing with.
0: Yeah, when you said that, there I I I bet most people are probably getting their diagnosis when they're still in conflict.
2: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, a lot of times they are, and like let's say for the example we were just using with the in the lungs, if the let's say the person this was from a long time ago and they're healed they're completely healed over that conflict but there's still a tumor because they didn't have enough bacteria in their body like microbacteria, bacteria to break down because that's when we we need the fungi and the microbes and all of these so-called viruses if they exist that's there that's what their purpose is is there right. to go to work and to actually remove those extra cells that's why we have microbes in our body right. that's where the terrain theory comes in and so um, if we don't have all, all of the bacteria because we have we're we're always on antibiotics we're always getting our flu shots you know for any number of reasons we might not have the enough bacteria to break down those tumors in the healing phase, then all it does is it just encapsulates and it just, it literally will stay there forever. And most of right. the time, this is, this is actually quite com- common. Most of the time, no one will ever know that they have a tumor that's been there for years and years. It's I just... say that all the time.
0: I say that all the time. I bet you most of us are walking around with secret, silent little tumors in us and we don't even know it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because if, if we didn't have the, the bacteria in our bodies to break it down, then yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so yeah, I I
1: don't want to take up too much more of your time, but uh, I could
0: ask you questions yeah, forever. <laughs> I know
2: it's, this is so awesome.
1: Um, oh my god, why don't you you do <laughs> <laughs> so I keep do that? I was going to ask you this too. Oh my gosh, you guys were talking and sorry, I, I, keep, I keep
0: getting such like the downloads of like this is fascinating to me
1: yeah this is absolutely 100% more of like a remembering of and it's like wait no this makes sense this makes total sense and I feel yeah. like ever since I was a little girl that I, I I, had this great distrust not even knowingly but distrust of the medical system and mm-hmm. as as a teenager I started seeing or no a young adult I started seeing a, um, a naturopathic doctor I ended up getting really bad acne after high school like most kids and I remember in high school being like oh I'm so glad I don't have acne because like how horrible would that be and then boom I graduate high school and then all of a sudden I'm, I'm we lived in Japan and I moved back to Canada and I had really bad acne and so I started I saw a doctor and she wanted to put me on you know Accutane, Accutane which I was thankfully aware enough at like 19 to be like, she said, if you're on Accutane, you also have to go on birth control because if you get pregnant, um, your baby could be mutated. And I was like, well, <laughs> what's, it, what's it going to do to me? Isn't that funny? Yeah. Oh, no. So funny. So I started seeing this naturopathic doctor and he, he was so lovely. Like I very, very spiritually, like I, I I just remember me walking in one day and I probably was like a stress case and he just like put his hands on me and he was like, okay, he's like, take a deep breath. And it was, he was very energetic. And, um, he said, he's told me, he's like, you have a really high, um, health IQ. He's like, you just know intuitively what is, what is healthy and what is not healthy. And he was like, that's going to be one of your, your gifts. And at the time I was like, like had terrible cystic acne on my face and, hated the way I look, couldn't look in the mirror. Like it was very, um, hard hurt, hurt to touch. And mm-hmm. he was, he was just so lovely. He was like, but think about the emotional state you had to be on. Cause I think at that point I I was on birth control because the doctor also said that would help my skin as well.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And he was like, think of what state you had to be in to, to take a hormonal supplement, to change what your hormones are doing. And, I, I wish I could have afforded to keep going to him because he was, he was so he, the way he made me felt, I felt safe. And yeah. I think that's that alone helped me start to heal.
2: Oh, um, absolutely. Just that. <clears throat> that approach is amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He was great. But uh, like, just even acne like that people, like I, I was like, what am I doing wrong? What am I eating wrong? And of course I wasn't the healthiest eater at 19. Cause I loved, sugar and I loved yeah. sweets and I was healthier than the average because I just, I, I, I knew a little bit about health and whatnot, but, uh, it, it had to be trauma based.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. See how we, we always initially are trained, just conditioned to, to look outside. Like, what is the cause of this? What is it? Yeah. What is the food I'm eating? What am I doing wrong? And it's all, we're, we're always asking the wrong questions. We're always we always forget it's, it's inward. So, yeah. and acne is, acne is related to a um, attack or feeling soiled conflict. So just imagine, and it makes sense because when we're looking at the mirror and we don't like the way we're, we we look, we don't even want to look at ourselves. That's like, yeah, we, we feel like we're attacking ourselves or we feel soiled. We feel dirty. We feel disgusting. We look gross. Yeah. Like this is, this is the thoughts that we have and they're they're perpetuating it's like the cyclical pattern that we just perpetuate and and then that's why acne gets it can get out of hand and it can last for years in some cases. Yeah. So it's until we we start recognizing the language we're using and then start shifting it our our language totally shifts our vibrational frequency and then that shifts our feelings and the way we feel about ourselves and that's ultimately how you resolve acne. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's it's done on a, sub well, obviously it's done on a subconscious level most of the time, but if we take a medication and we feel faith, we have faith that that medication is the answer, well, then that will be the resolve that we feel psychologically, yeah. right? On the emotional right. level. Right, right. right. So that just
1: uh, triggered another question, Um, someone who's going through like, uh, like, as you as you're aging, and you're looking in the mirror, and you're talking to yourself, like you're getting more wrinkles and whatnot, like, that can probably make you quite sick. If you if all you can see is like, I'm looking in the mirror. I'm like, Oh, I look old. I look, you know, like speed
0: up the aging process.
1: almost. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Because your biology, biology responds to your psychology. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's just, that's why it's like, it's such a, it's so personal and it's so much like we have all the power. We just don't realize it's just, I think the biggest thing and the biggest thing that I try to reiterate to my kids and and myself, because I need this reminding all the time and, and to my husband is just the the language we're using because that's everything. Yeah. It's really yeah it's just really recognizing what what our self dialogue is what the dialogue is we're having with other people and how that's affecting the way we feel because the feelings you know that emotional state it, it has everything to do with with what we're going to be experiencing so totally. yeah it's 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 a big thing just just recognizing the language that we're using that's such such a huge profound thing to shift
0: it really is. I agree The people are people probably think I'm crazy because I don't say good morning anymore because it's I don't want I don't want to start people's day with in a state of morning so I say grand rising to people.
2: Oh, like, yes. Like,
0: what the hell are you talking about. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes, <laughs> oh, good yes, I, I, I do. I, I, that's funny. I do the exact same thing, but I learned that from Jason Christoph with you know all the meanings of these words. It's fascinating. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, oh my god, that makes so much sense. So when you hear truth, truth is it's a different vibration. And and so if you hear it, well, then it's time to start uh living it and incorporating it in everyday life. Integrating yeah. it. Yeah, yeah.
0: integrating this is, it. This is like well, first of all, it resonates with me, and I just feel inward like this is right but it's not hard for me to accept things like this because it just falls in line with all of the knowledge that's being kept from us, like intentionally. Yes,
2: absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's definitely part of it. And it's no surprise because, you know, like when you think about what the medical system has to lose, (laughs) it's everything. And so you can tell why they're, this is the best kept secret, you know? Yeah, And yeah, it's, it's pretty substantial, but yeah. But
1: the, the truth will get out there and even if it's just people watching the way you live and uh, like I'm really learning that more than anything it's like your actions speak louder than your words and then people mm-hmm. will start asking questions like what are you doing and mm-hmm. I, yes and then just being um being that voice well that's that's the truth like you can say something a thousand times but people if they can't see you living that life they're not mm-hmm. going to leave you for a yeah. minute so that's
0: yeah,
2: yeah yeah such a good point such a good point point. and people if they weren't ready to hear something different they wouldn't have asked like what are exactly because yeah. exactly. I, I recognize that when you know in the last couple of years when all those mask mandates were on and i never wore a mask and people most people would just like run from me like i was the devil but but then some people actually approached me and they wanted to know like why aren't you afraid they i literally got asked that numerous times and at that point it was like an invitation for me to be like okay you wouldn't be asking me if you were not ready at some yeah. level. So here, let me tell you. Yeah. And, and so that's an, that's a great example. That's a good point. Yeah. Why and, Why aren't
0: you afraid? Well, here's yeah. this, because the fear is what's getting you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and
1: I think too, like this whole thing, like there's, you can't catch a cold or whatever, like right. that, that is yes. even with kids, like I I still um aware of where people's mindsets are. And if they're like, I, I won't take my kids' places if they're sick just out of respect of other people. Right. And um, but in my head, I'm like, you're not gonna catch a cold from my kid being sick or me being sick, it's it's yeah. whatever. If you need this detoxing or you need you need this healing, it's gonna just mm-hmm. come up naturally. Right. Yeah.
2: Because if you if you've got runny nose, if you're sneezing, if you're coughing, those are healing symptoms. So you're already healing. So you can't give someone your healing. <laughs> you know, yeah, they didn't experience they didn't experience your your conflict. Yeah. So how can you give them your healing symptoms? It's it's oh. the funniest thing in the world, but but even using the the word sick like i i'm sick this is something that we need to start reframing and start yeah. to shift our our um our language around because that has that's a very programmed word it's a very sure. loaded word just like the word cancer just like the word flu just like the word uh viruses these are all loaded words and they right. they have a specific connotation to them and people we we cannot use these words anymore in the same way. So if we do, like I I've had like a three three week symptoms of um, sneezing and runny nose. Um, so but I don't, I don't say I'm sick. I I'm say this is like I'm long term healing from a stink conflict. Yeah. And and I know what that was. It's just I've got tracks that I haven't identified all of the tracks. Right. And so you know it's it's just we have to start the the language, you get just getting back to the language. Yeah. And um and then our, our kids pick up on that and they stop oh, using yeah. the language as well. And and then it really just hits a different way. You're like, you're healing. Yeah. This yeah. is a healing response. And it's all normal. And this is the response that comes with such and such conflict. Or this is the right. response you get with this type of conflict. And and then the, you know, the talking begins and you get to just You get to talk about it, and and that brings people together too. That's like a sense of, uh, you know, we have each other. We're we're in this together, but just from a different standpoint. We're not getting vaccines for you. I'm not wearing my mask for you. We're in this together in the sense that we understand what's truly happening. We're understanding the biology, and and I'm here for you to help, and you're here for me. And yeah, it's building community with these conversations.
1: Oh, I love that. Yeah, I love that. I love it. Oh, Tanya, thank you so much for, for all this information and being with us today. Like I I just I really feel like this is a, a remembering and that this is it's so liberating. So I thank you for everything that you're doing and and offering to people. Um and I wanted to ask you where people, where can people find you if they want to if they want to find you?
2: Uh, well, thank you. Thank you for having me and, and giving me the opportunity to share a little bit more about German New Medicine. Um, it's awesome. a pleasure to connect with you guys.
0: It's our pleasure. This this podcast is going in the greatest hits.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, that's great. I, yeah, I'm I'm so pleased that we were able to get together. And um, thanks for asking about where people can connect with me. Um, tanyaverquin.ca is, is my website for German New Medicine. And um, yeah, it can be found on you know, all the podcast platforms, pixelated perspectives podcast as well. And yeah, reach out any through any of those avenues and I'm I'm here to help. And Great. you're also
1: a beautiful artist. So if people um where can they find your artwork if they're into that?
2: Oh thank you. It's yeah. Tanya Tanya VerquinfineArt.com. And I'm I'm also on the socials uh, Tanya Verquin. So okay. yeah, thank you.
1: Oh yeah. Well, thank, thank you. you. I'm gonna probably send you an email with some some questions I want to ask you just in regards sure. to the, uh, a few things. But I again thank you so much. It was it's been a pleasure, and um, I hope we can do this again
2: sometime. Yeah. I would love that. It's been yeah. a pleasure too and I will follow up too with some links for you guys so that you can maybe put them in the show notes for awesome. like the the index a to z index instead of the webmd we're going to learninggermannewmedicine.com. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, <laughs> I totally, love that. Totally love that. Dive That's deep perfect. Into this. And I'm going to have to get some books on german new medicine because this is this is my new obsession. And that map, I want that map. Yes, yeah. I will send you guys the link so that'll be perfect. Excellent. Okay. Okay, thank you so okay, thanks, much.
1: Okay, you're amazing and and keep keep shining your light because you're lighting other people's lights along the way so you bet
2: oh thank you so very much take care you guys you you too too. take care thank you bye